It's a, uh, it's a matter, it's a matter of identity. It's a matter of identity. That really is the mystery. It's a matter of identity. Father, may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you. Father, we ask that you open up the windows of heaven in a special way, O God. That we may perceive through your understanding, that we may see through your eyes, that we may become that which you see. Thank you, Father. We love you. We bless you, Father God. We come to you, Father God, as 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 a, a, a child with, with five loaves of, of bread and some fish, oh God, and not all that appetizing, but, but we're just going to put it in your hands this morning, Father. We're just uh, excited to see what you're going to do, Father. Break it and multiply it, Father God, and do what we cannot do, oh God. I pray, Father, that Yeshua will rise up, Father God, in your people, Father God. We pray that you will be ministered to this morning, O oh God. We pray that you will be ministered to, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name, O oh God. It's a matter of perception. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I've been experiencing a, 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 a strange, I think the word is paradox. If it's not, who cares? We'll just make it up anyway. Paradox. Strange paradox. Don't Google it. It's going to sound wrong. Let's go with it. A strange paradox. You see, when, goodness gracious, 40 years ago, when my parents came to the United States of America, and I came with them, I was about 12 years old, and the people asked me what my name was, and and we thought we were supposed to translate the name so that they could understand what my name was and so I just told everybody that my name is Peter and so for 40 years I have been known and identified as Peter and even becoming a rabbi didn't change that because now I've become Rabbi Peter, 40 years, Peter, Rabbi Peter, Peter, Rabbi Peter. Um, so we end up going over to Haiti, as some of you know, and our father has some funny ways of doing things because after 40 years of having a driver's license that says Peter, a social security that says Peter, and being called Peter by everybody in the planet, I was climbing on our vessel and my license fell in the water and I 
was never to find it again because it's mixed down there with the sins of all the people. Forgotten, never again to be retrieved. And I lost my only picture identification that proved that I am Peter. And I was left with the only other identification that has my face on it, which is my passport, which says, Pedro. And so I needed to come back to fix that because that expired. And when I came back, I had to sneak in on the boat with my crew, my sexy crew, (laughs) Gabriel's sexy too to somebody, anyway, and we snick in and the borders, thank goodness, are not yet walled up, so we snuck in, no one even knew we came into the United States, because I'm a Portuguese citizen, we're diaspora, my parents, you know, my dad coming from Angola, you know, Hebrews who went to Angola, my mom in, uh, you know, Lisbon area, Portugal, uh, Hebrews who ended up there during the Inquisition or whatever the heck it was, and I came into the country illegally, (laughs) But I can legally be here because I have a green card. Come on now. Anybody out there? You, Hallelujah. Green card. Hallelujah. It's not green, by the way. It's just called the green card. Hallelujah. No, I forgot, I forgot to, uh, to become an American after I married Lisa. But anyway, identity. So, so then I had to go get... My license, because my license is at the bottom of the sea. So I walk into the registry of motor vehicles, and I tell them, could you please look me up? I'm sure you got my picture. You got everything about me. I've paid enough fines and tickets over the years. I know you know who I am. As a matter of fact, they looked me up, and they discovered that I still owe the state of Massachusetts 250 some odd dollars not not for anything i did but but to reinstate my license because i hadn't done it in, in in the right amount of time so 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 i went to the state of massachusetts paid the money then i was told that i had to go to a driver relearning class which i did after paying them everything after doing everything i got no more money And now, I just want to get a license. And when I go to the people at the counter, they look at me and they say, who are you? I said, well, you know who I am because you just told me how much money I owed you still. And they said, do you have a photo ID? And I said, well, I do. And I whip out... I whip out Pedro. I'm talking 40 years I've been Peter. 
I whip out the, 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 the Pedro ID, my passport, and they look at me and they say, who's Peter? I said, well, you know, Peter is the translated name for Pedro. Ay, 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 ay. And they said, no. Peter is Peter. And Pedro is Pedro. I said, no, it's not Pedro. It's Pedro. I am not Spanish. If I was Spanish, I'd be Pedro, man. Come on. But I am not Spanish. I am Pedro. And we say it with a different thing, you know, Pedro. And she says, well, we don't have any records of any Pedro. So you need to go through this process all over again. I said, no, no, no. I said, no, you don't understand. I, I am, I am, I am that I am. <laughs> but she didn't have that revelation yet. So, so, so I said, I need to speak to a supervisor. And, and a supervisor came out and they said, basically, sir, where's your social security card? I said, at the bottom of the ocean with my Peter license. I said, look at the picture on your computer and look at my face. I'm the same person. He says to me, sir, the only way you can fix this is you have to go to, to the Social Security office. And if you can bring a Social Security card that says Pedro, then we can go ahead and change your name on the license that you have had. And then you will be legally Pedro. So I had to go to the social security office guy, and I said, I need your help. My name was accidentally changed to Peter when I was pretty young, and now I can't get my license because I'm stuck. Can you help me? And he looked it up, and he says, that's interesting. You came into the country. There you are, Pedro. No problem. So he types it up. I get the receipt. I go back to the, you know, DMV. Show them the receipt. They're like, thank you very much, Pedro. Have a seat. Look into the camera thing. Read the code. Take a picture. And I smiled for the first time with a license that says Pedro on it. Pedro. Pedro Jorge Oliveira. To be exact. Because I have a middle name. That has never been used in 40 years. Uh, identity. Uh, earlier there is a word, a message, something coming forth with regards to changing. God is changing us. God is changing us. But there is a mystery in this thing that I'm sharing. This, this strange paradox is this. Is that now for the first time... Everywhere I go, if I go to, 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 where do I go? Uh, to, 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 like, uh, like, uh, where, honey, where have you, oh, uh, like, to the bank. And they talk to me. They're calling me Pedro. And it's freaking me out because no one has ever called me Pedro in 40 years. I am not used to this. 
And for the first time, I'm realizing that every time someone takes your license and they call you by your first name to make you feel like they know you, they don't know you at all. Because all these people keep calling me Pedro, and I don't understand why they're calling me that. Obviously, they don't really know who I have been all this time. Don't believe it when they call you by your name at the grocery store. or That don't mean nothing. They don't know you. It just feels like they do, so you feel closer to them. They're calling me Pedro, which means they really don't know what I've been called for 40 years. But, but, but there's a reason why I'm sharing this, because it is a paradox, because in reality, I've been Pedro all along. But see, the, the reality of what I've been all along is strange to me because I am unaccustomed to that which I am. Uh, you see, change, the, the, the mystery of change is not that God is, 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 is making something different out of what you are right now. What's changing is your perception of what you are because you already are what God sees. And, 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 and the change is really not you. The change is the perception of who you are. And I, I, I wish I had time to tell you about a story that's spoken about Michelangelo. They say that when, 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 he, when he would make these sculptures, people would look at it and they would actually think they could move when he was done because the precision of every muscle, of, 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 of every line, of every vein... Of everything that was done was so amazing. People marveled at it. And they would come to Michelangelo and ask him, how? How is this possible? How is it? And he would say, it's easy. You see, the image is already in the stone. I just have to chisel out what is not the image. It's already there. All I do is remove that which is not. And what God is doing in our lives, He already sees what is. He's just the changes that He's removing what is not. It's already there. He's already there. He's already within you. He's already moving. He's already talking. He's already doing everything He does. But the perception is off because you're not used to knowing who I am. So it's going to take a while. This is why people think I'm crazy when I go around calling people my king, my king. It's not because I'm some crazy fool. It's because the more I say it, the more you're going to get it. And the more you hear it, the more you become what you hear. Because our father creates all things through sound. And when he speaks it, and he speaks it, and he speaks it, light has to appear. Because when he speaks, he creates what already is there. Light didn't appear suddenly on the first day. God is light. God was there before the first day. Light always existed. But the perception, the reality of light didn't come until he spoke it forth. Oh, that does we are, now we are the sons of God. Now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. So what's wrong? It's not what we are. It's the appearance that we have of ourselves that is off. What needs to change? Our understanding of who we are. That needs to change. And when you realize 
what you are. You are awakened to what she is and he is and he is. You begin to realize that they and you are one in disguise. In disguise. Oh, perception is a perception. What needs to change is the perception you need to, it's your identity. It is the identity. And I'm going to tell you right now, Yeshua, you're in a land and in a nation that is working very, very hard to connect you with an identity that does not belong to you. Separating, separating you from yourself with labels. Who's going to fit under this label? Who's going to fit under this label? Now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear where we shall be. But we know that when we see him. So what's the problem? It's not what we are. It's our vision. Our vision is off. When we see, when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we will see him as he is today. We are today. But we need to awaken to realize, oh, we are today. Because we see him today as he is. So in the future, our eyes open up to see that we were and have always been before the foundation of the world. Perception. This perception. You know, I remember... Must have been maybe 14 years old. I never played baseball in my life. I don't even know what baseball is. You know, I knew nothing about baseball. Nothing. I'm, you know, Pedro, man. Pedro don't play. St- <laughs> and no, I did not play soccer. Soccer don't mean nothing to me. It was football. <laughs> but not this funny looking football thing you throw with your hand because that's a foul. You get the penalty. It's the football with the foot. And I remember I was at a camp and there was a whole bunch of like older, older, older kids and, and, and they were going to play a, a game, a baseball game. And, I, and, they, and they grabbed a whole bunch of, I just wanted to play. I didn't know what they were doing. I just wanted to play. And they gathered a bunch of people together and they're going to play a game. I just want to join. I didn't even know what they were doing. It was a game of baseball. And, you know, you pick the best for your team. You know, they had like a schoolyard pick. And they picked and picked and picked and picked. And somebody picked me at some point, you know. And they put me on left field. I didn't know what that meant back then, you know. But I was like one of the last. I was thinking the last shall be first. That means you're picking the last because the best... I was excited, but I didn't know what the game was. And there I was on left field happy, and they gave me this funny-looking thing to put in my hand. I said, what do I do with this? It's like you catch it. When the ball comes your way, you catch it. And I'm like, all right. So I sat there like for, I don't know, like an hour, and the ball never came my way, you know. But then something happened towards the end of the game. 
I don't know how the score worked, and I don't know what innings were, and I didn't know that if 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 you happen to catch a ball at a certain part of the inning, the, the the game is over, I guess, and the other people don't even get a chance to go and do anything. I didn't understand any of it. All I know is that towards the end of my very boring moment, saying to myself, "This game sucks. Like we don't do nothing. Where do you kick the ball, man? This is so boring." Somebody cracked that thing. Boom! And it went into left field. And I, 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 everyone was screaming in my direction. So I was like, oh, God. So I just started running. And I put my hand up. <laughs> and I heard a thud. Poof. And then I heard a thud. And I heard people shouting and screaming. And I looked. And the ball was in my glove. The ball was in my glove. And I'm like, what does this mean? Goal? 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 <laughs> And they were shouting. <laughs> they went crazy. We won. We won. And I'm like, what happened? Did I do something right? I caught the ball. I'll be honest with you, I didn't cut the ball. The ball somehow caught my glove. I don't know how it happened. Trust me, I didn't cut. But it was there. The proof was there. The funny thing is that was in the beginning of the weekend. That weekend there were many other games played. And every time they had a schoolyard pick... They picked this guy first because they thought their perception was this kid can play ball. And I stood there. I put that glove like this because everyone was doing it. And I was going back and forth. They never hit the ball in my direction. I never had to prove how good or how bad I was. But for the whole weekend, people were talking about the little Pedro kid who threw the and caught the ball. You see, a perception. If you could see what God sees. It was, oh, we're not ready for that yet. Perception. Perception, the perception, the perception that, 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 that helps you understand the identity. We're not there yet, but we're going to be there because we're already there. Adonai. The, oh, God, we don't have time to explain and express Well, I wish I had time to tell you about Tamar. Oh, glory. You see, the messianic line had been haltered. The Judah line had stopped. You see, long before the foundation of the world, God knew that he would bring his seed through the line of Judah. He knew that, but somehow the line of Judah had stopped because the perception was everyone who marries Tamar drops dead. So Judah is not going to send his last son to marry this woman. That's his perception. And because of his perception, the messianic line comes to a halt. But oh, I wish I had time to tell you. There is a woman. She didn't know what she was doing or why she was doing it. But something inside of her was stirring. And something said, you got to get pregnant with this thing. And she done dressed herself up as a hookah, as a prostitute. And she sat by the side of the road. She had an understanding that I got to do whatever it takes for this thing to come into me. <laughs> And as she said by the side of the road, 
lifting up her little skirt. I know I can't do it justice, but you know what I'm talking about. There she said. She knew that at that moment, in order for this line to pass through her, her identity has to change so that the line of Messiah can come through. And sure enough, Judah walked by and said, oh, Lord, glory. (laughs) Praise the Lord, but not too loud. He's going to look at me now. He doesn't understand that what he's about to do is the only way that God can bring the messianic line through into this world. <laughs> and I, I like to just mess people up, but I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I might just be easy on y'all. Let me tell you something. What a man does with a prostitute is not the same thing he does with his wife. And he came into this world in a way you would never believe. And God is dancing and says, ha-ha, you cannot stop this thing. You cannot stop the plans of God. You cannot stop what God is doing. The incorruptible seed is unstoppable. Her identity. She accepted an identity that most women would would dread. How many of you would want to act like a hooker so you can have sex with your father-in-law? Come on now. Larry, sisters, come on. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Come on. Better her than you. That's all right. That's all right. That's why you're not Tamar. God knew you couldn't do it. So he brought the woman who could into that time so we could have Jesus. How glory. Hallelujah. Perception. Perception. Your identity. Your identity. <laughs> Nothing needs to change. When, when the potter is making a vessel, the vessel is not changing itself. The potter is forming it into what he already sees in his brain. And when what he sees in his brain matches what's in his hands, he says, I'm done. You're not changing anything. You already exist. Potter is changing your perception from going to a lump of mud to recognizing yourself with the identity that you're a vessel of the house of the king. Identity. Your identity. What is your identity? Your identity. This is why it's a setup. This is why sin sucks so bad. Because sin sucks your own identity, who God sees you as. It's not that you are not because you sin. It's just that sin causes your mind to to, to have a different perception of who you are. And that's the lie. That's the lie. The sin is not the problem. That was taken care of 2,000 years ago. The lie, the perception, when you look yourself in the mirror and you keep seeing the person who is, quote-unquote, the sinner saved by grace, that's the lie. You were a sinner saved by grace. It is no longer you that lives, but Messiah who lives in you. 
Oh, we think, uh, we think we have, we have, you know, look at, look at, this is your life. I don't know how, how do I do, okay, God, help me. Okay, here we go with the visuals. Here we go with the visuals. Hallelujah. For those of you who are listening to this on tape right now, the rabbi is taking um, tissues and by the power of the Holy Ghost, turning them into $100 bills. Come on now. Somebody. Now clap if you understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to I start a new form of ministry. I want to start a ministry where when you come to the service, the, the rabbi gives out the money to the people <laughs> instead of the people bringing the money to the Lord because the Lord lives in the people. All right. So, Rabbi Brian, that's going to be your job because I'm going to be in Haiti. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So, so, so these, these, these here, these here represent sin. In our lives, this is from the moment we wake up. I mean, the, no, the moment we're born to the moment we die. Are you with me so far? This is your life. These are the faults and mistakes and sins of your life. Oh, someone will say, come on, Rabbi, the baby got no sin. Oh, be quiet. You ain't got no kids. I remember my kids. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Feed me. 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 You just ate half, a, half an hour ago. Feed me. Feed me. Feed. Wipe my butt. Wipe my butt. Wipe my butt. Wipe Come on. We're born with this thing. It's a mess. We're screwed from the moment we came through our mother because our mother got screwed and we came out through her. It's just what happened. I'm just saying what happened. I'm sorry. Don't shoot me. I didn't call you to come in here. The Holy Ghost done brought you here today. Get mad at him. All right. This is our life. This is our life. From the moment we're born to the moment we die. And through our life, we have sin and we screw up because we're broken. Listen, we're broken. Listen, we're, we're broken. You didn't make yourself broken. The scripture says that when the potter is working on a vessel and the clay is marred in his hands, then the potter will start over again until he forms for himself a vessel that is pleasing to him. So the clay is marred in his hands. No, instead trying to run away. You got to get back here. Okay, this is your life. This is the sins of your life. And this is a portion of your life that you did not know the Lord. And all of a sudden, right here, you learn the Lord. And you know that he forgives you your sins. So thank you, Jesus. You took my sin away. And you also think... Or believe that somehow, even though you never, ever, ever could go back in time, that the God who is in all time at the same time has the ability to not only take care of your sin today, that he's going to take care of your sins from yesterday. And now you're like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Day number two. Bam. You're done. Screwed it up again. And now you're like, oh, Lord. 
forgive me of my sin. And then you realize, oh, thank you, Jesus. He done covered that one too. Look at me. Holy as the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your next day, bam, you done screwed it up again. And you say to yourself, my God. My God, why do I keep doing this? Because we think that God is limited to our timeline when it comes to the forgiveness of sin. We don't understand the salvation of God. God did not forgive you of your first, your second, your third, your yesterday, or your today sin. When Yeshua was in Gethsemane, he took all your mother effing sins and took them and put them into a pot, a bowl, a cup and he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. What cup? He didn't want to drink all your messed up crap, but he took it all. There is nothing, past or future, even the things you will do tomorrow. He then covered them all, and he took them and then put them in the cup, and he drank it, and he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. So you, because you have flawed perception, sees these things. He does not. And the amazing thing is this. Our adversary, who is the accuser, wants you to stay very focused. Am I doing good or am I doing bad? Am I doing good? Or am I doing bad? Let me tell you something. If you're doing good today, praise the Lord. <laughs> and tomorrow when you screw it up, God wants you to say, come on, why are you looking down? Look up and praise the Lord. Eventually throughout your life, you will look up. And before you know it, you start trampling on all your sin. And you can't even see it because your eyes are focused on him. And what you look at is what you become. Because you realize that he saw you that way already. Oh, see, I, I'm, I'm, I got I to give you a little disclaimer. I don't even speak in tongues, but sometimes I just make stuff up because I don't know what else to say. Hallelujah. I don't have words to come out fast enough. Ay, 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 ay. Hallelujah. He took it all. He took it all. He took it all so that he can pick you up. Look up. Look up. Look up. If you look up, you become that which you see. Look up. Look up. That you may know your true identity. In a minute, I'll explain why that is so important. Okay, I'll do it now. One day, Adonai asked me, Who? Who will you not grace? And at that moment, I was aware of, of, of this amazing, indescribable thing. That in that moment, when God was waiting for me to answer, somehow, I don't know how, all of humanity was placed in the palm of my hand to decide 
This is the reality that I felt that at that moment he placed all of humanity from Adam to the last person on the palm of my hand and he asked me as if I could see everyone's life in a flash of a, a, a twinkling of an eye. I could see everyone, everything they've done. And he said to me, who will you not grace? And I was trembling. I didn't want to make a mistake. I, I, I don't want to grace who's not supposed to be graced. I, I don't want to hold back grace from who's supposed to get grace. And in this trembling moment, God was waiting for me to answer. And I began to think of the list. The list of people that I'm sure can't be graced. And as that list grew... And grew and grew, I suddenly realized I was in the list. I was in the list. I was in the list. And so I said, I'm going to grace them all. And that was the only way I knew I could make it. The only sure way I know. I can be graced is when I graced them all. When I graced them all. That's why you need to know your identity. Because you will be placed in seats of judgment. What are you going to judge? How are you going to judge? Don't you know that a judge has the power to condemn and forgive? You need to know your identity. I don't know. I was coming to kill all the people of Israel for what they did. And somehow, supernaturally, Moses seemed to have a perception of divine identity because he laid on the floor and he said, if you won't forgive these people, erase my name from your book. Oh, God, erase my name. Do you know what he's saying? Make it as if I never existed. Let the kingdom come. Let your will be done. But I will not be in it because my name will not exist. Erase my name and save them in my place. Somehow, some stiff-necked Jew thousands of years ago, Tarakarian Moses, the dispensation of the law, had more understanding of the plan of salvation than most believers today who are walking in the dispensation of love and grace. Because how many of us are willing to lay ourselves down and say, Father, if you can't forgive those homosexuals, then take my name out of your book. Save them. Don't you know that you are who you are because God had grace on you to become what you are? Oh, 
if God could only for like five minutes inflict you with the same, same sickness that most of our brothers and sisters are going through, you would put a bullet in your head because you would never believe you'd be capable of so much sickness. It is not our job to judge people who are on a journey that we cannot understand How many of us have been in a place of a journey that has been so painful that it was only by the grace of God he done pick us up, not because we deserved it, but because he is God. And he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. You know, really, that's, that's, that's the good news of the kingdom. It's not telling people you need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your and Savior. So help me, God. Amen. That's not the good news. Yeshua never preached that. He preached kingdom. Kingdom. The kingdom come. The will be done. Because when the kingdom appears, nothing that is not of the kingdom can stand. When the kingdom appears, you hear the voice of the Creator. The voice of the creator has a resonance. The reason why you're still screwed up is because you, you haven't tuned in to the vibration of this voice. Your DNA is a musical instrument. It is an antenna ready to receive and transmit the word of God. Not for rules and instructions, but simply that you may become that which is speaking through you. Identity. This is the age. This is the time. You need to know your identity. I'm going to start speaking this morning. I'm going to start preaching this morning right now. I'm going to speak about identity. Because there's a story in the book that is so misunderstood. It is misunderstood because we read it with human identity. You hear the story of, of Jacob and Esau. Jacob, the supplanter who stole the birthright from his brother. Little jerk. Jacob for jerk. No. No. Back it up. Jacob didn't steal nothing. First of all, his brother sold it to him. That's number one. Second of all, it wasn't Jacob's idea to go to the father and lack like he was Esau. Why are we blaming him? Matter of fact, when his mother said, you need to put this thing on, you need to do this, your brother just left, do it quickly. Do it quickly. You're about to get the blessing of your father. Jacob wisely said, mom, this is a bad idea. Because I do not look like, feel like, or sound like my older brother. And when my father realizes what I am doing and who I am, he will not only not give me a blessing, he will place a curse over me. And mom said, son, the curse your father places over you, may it be over my head. Is this woman crazy? Uh, she is crazy. You know why? Because when the two boys were inside of her womb and they were fighting, she didn't have an idea that the younger is going to be more powerful and rule over the older. 
God spoke to her. God said to her, you have two peoples in your womb and the younger one is going to be over the older one so she's acting she can say let the curse come on my head because the word is not coming from humans the word is coming from God and she knows even if your father curses me the word of the Lord oversees what your father does to you or me because I'm not here to, to, to do what your father wants. I'm here to follow what I heard the spirit of the Lord speak to my heart. You see, this mother had an identity. She understood that God brought her into this world for such a time as this and she was not afraid to have a curse placed on her because she knew the word of the Lord, 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 of the Lord cannot, cannot be destroyed. Destroyed. Hallelujah. Is there anything to drink around here? My God, you're killing me. Here we go. Here we go. Probably five weeks old, but it's. Ah, that's water. Who put water in here? I thought it was something else. 2,000 years, we're still drinking water. It's supposed to be wine. Okay. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, hey. So, this woman is not afraid because she knows the promise of God supersedes the curses of men. She says, go do it. Go do it quickly. And Jacob, he said, oh, man. All right. This is such a bad idea. And the mother went and got two little goats. Two little goats. Where have we heard two goats before? Oh, you think God's on Prozac? He just suddenly decided that, that he needs to get two. Why? Got two goats. You kidding? Like one goat wouldn't be enough for a meal? Come on, somebody. One goat. I mean, you're telling me like, like, like uh, Isaac has to eat two goats? What's going on? Was he a big fat guy? Two goats. Baby goats. Get two goats. I'm going to take this skin off. There is another part in scripture that speaks of goats. Oh, but we're not ready. Two goats, as a matter of fact, we're not ready for that. Oh, it has something to do with Yom Kippur, the day of the covering, the day that you cover yourself, that you bring two goats for the sacrifice. Oh, we're not ready for that revelation yet. But let me tell you something. When she brought two goats, she took the skin of the goats and she wrapped it in his arms and she wrapped it around his neck. Now let me tell you something. There's so much depth in this thing because if the goats are the sacrifice and we know who the sacrifice is, uh, she's saying you need to dress yourself up like the sacrifice because the sacrifice is really our elder brother Yeshua who is the one who was slain before the foundation of the world. But we're not ready for that revelation yet. So, 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 so she just wants him to look like the older brother, feel like the older brother. And so she put the skin on his arm, skin on his neck and then she was smelling him not yet she went and she got the clothing from Esau the older brother hallelujah hallelujah and she took the clothing of the older brother Esau and put it over 
Jacob. Jacob, you need to put on the clothes. You need to feel like him. Now all you got to do is go before the father as your older brother and go get the inheritance. And Jacob opened up the curtain and walked in kind of slowly. And at a distance, he said, Hello, hello, father. And the dad said, Who is this? It's it's Esau. And the father said, Come closer. Oh, I wish I had time to tell you. When you put on the older brother's coat and you come to the father, he always says, come closer. Come closer. I'm not interested in you speaking to me from far away. I want you to come closer. And he wanted to stay away because the further he is, the more he can hide his identity because he doesn't know who he represents. But the father does not want to see you far away. The father is calling you closer because you're dressed to look like somebody else. But you're afraid. And the father says, come closer. And he came a little closer, like a step and a half. And the father says, who's this and he said do I stutter (laughs) okay no he didn't say that but I said that so you can go read the story you know you can't take my word for it there's none good I'll mess it all up but you got to read the story for yourself he came a little closer and he says it's his heart he saw he saw I as oh never mind I don't know how to spell my name that's the rabbi's dyslexic moment. I was going to say, Esau, come on, dad, you know me. He said, come closer. And Esau, I was going to say Esau. And Jacob walked closer, close enough where the father could touch him. Come on, somebody. I, I, I know you don't sound like Jesus. I know you don't act like Jesus. I know you're all screwed up. But the Father's just telling you, get close to me, Jesus. I, I, if you say you're Jesus, I just need to see. I just need to feel. I need to see this from myself. I, I don't just want to hear you say it from the distance. If you said who you say you are, I want you next to me so I can feel my oldest son. My firstborn son. Because if I touch my firstborn son, I will know who I'm talking to. And Jacob came right up close to his father. And his father reached out. And he began to feel the hairy arms. And he began to feel the hairy neck, and he smelled the clothing on his back. It smelled like the fields. It smelled like clothing of a hunter. And the father said, the voice is the voice of Jacob. But the hands, the neck, the clothing, the smell is my firstborn son. And then here it is. The 
grandfather asks one last time, are you really my firstborn son? It's a yes or no question. But he did not answer yes or no. He simply answered this way. I am. By the way, newsflash. That's what almost got Yeshua killed many years later. That one statement, I am, can get you in a lot of trouble. And when he said, I am. The father laid his hand over Jacob and gave him the irrevocable blessing of the firstborn son. Oh God, I wish you could understand what this means. This is not just a one-time event. You see this pattern happening. As a matter of fact, Jacob himself, many years later, was about to bless Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And when they came in front of him, he went to put his hands out because he was about to die. And when there was the younger and the older, and, uh, and he crossed his hands, and he began to bless the boys, placing a right hand on the younger and the left hand on the older. And Joseph was a little upset, you know, because he's been a prince of Egypt for so long. So he thinks he's got, he's got Jews. So he grabs his father's arm and moves and says, Dad, come on. I know your sight is off, but I know the age of my sons. You're giving the wrong blessing to the wrong son. The firstborn is right here. And the father said, I know what I am doing. And he crossed his hands and he gave the blessing to the younger and not the firstborn. I wish I had time to tell you that whenever you see a cross, God is telling you, the blessing that belonged to my firstborn, I'm placing it on you. I'm placing it on you. You are the generation. You are the generation that is going to walk with the blessing and the authority that belong to Yeshua. And this is why Yeshua, who is your older brother, said, you've seen me do great things, but greater things you shall do. Because I go to the Father. Why? Because the Father always crosses his arms and gives the blessing to the younger generation. Oh, God. (laughs) Now we are the sons of God. Dear Lord, I need a job and a girlfriend. Dear God, please stop my neighbor from harassing me. Dear God, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Man, you don't sound like him. You don't dress like him. You don't smell like him. (laughs) You think he's going to answer the prayer of some human who walk in there? Come on now. Abracadabra, Shizuka, Jesus. 
Oh, oh, he said, Jesus, I got to do it now. You think speaking in his name means you got to come up with a way to say his name? In his name means in his authority as him. Come as the son to the father and with authority say, Father, I would that you would have mercy on these people. Father, I would that you would remember that I laid my life down so that they could be set free. And if they cannot be set free, then erase my name from your book. Oh, this is a Hebrew revelation. Come on now. Any Orthodox in here? Come on. Come on now. Come out of the closet. Come on, any Hasidic here? Anybody know a Hasidic or an Orthodox? This is something they always say. May his name be blotted out. Right? Right? Whose name do they want blotted out? May that name never be spoken. Whose name do they not want to be, bl- to be spoken? We know it's Yeshua. They don't want to hear that name. There's another name that they never speak. When they're reading scripture, they say, Baruch Bam. The bam is Adonai. Adonai is not what's written in there. It's Yahweh. It's the name of God. The name of God is the one that they will not mention. And they also want to blot out, blot out the name of Yeshua. Well, guess what? It is Moses who started the tradition of having a name blotted out. It's when he said, blot out my name and save those who don't deserve your mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeshua, come on, snap out of it already. Wake up. Wake up. Be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Yeshua stand. I love it. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a blessing it is. The greatest blessing of awakening to the identity that God has for you is is that you get to see Yeshua. You get to see Yeshua. Like I stand in front of Yeshua. (laughs) My God. Surrounded by 15,000 beautiful chocolate Yeshuas in Haiti. And when they saw me, they just reached out and they were taking the sweat off my head and rubbing it all over their body. And I had a human moment and I freaked out and said, God, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, you jackass you, you, you've been telling these people all along that i live in you and i live in them so why are you freaking out because they're taking the sweat off of your head why don't you take the sweat off of their forehead because i live in them and start rubbing it all over your body so we're rubbing each other it was just a rubbing moment i had more sweat on me i'll tell you what see at first i thought they were blessed i was blessed because i got to be rubbed down by thousands of yeshuas <laughs> Oh, the revelation. (laughs) You go out there, the trees are going to look at you. All of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the... They ain't waiting for Jesus. They're waiting for the manifestation of Jesus' 
The sons of God. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. If this is too much food, stick it in your pocket, eat it when you go home. <laughs> Don't bother giving it to your dog. Your dog already knows the revelation. He's just wondering when you're going to figure it out. Maybe you should eat your dog's food and get the revelation that way. Because your dog already knows who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh father we love you father we love you father we love you father we love you father I gotta say this see it's a setup, you know stand I think someone's falling asleep you need to stand now we're gonna do a blessing now I'm gonna keep preaching no I'm just kidding I'm not I'm just saying you just need to know why you were made from dirt. You need to know why you were made from dirt. Because God knows that whatever he puts in dirt will grow. So he made you from dirt so he could put his own seed inside of you so he can grow his own seed out of you. And then he needs to get rid of the dirt. The dust of the earth has to be gone. And so in the beginning, Satan comes in as a serpent. And Satan has a very important job. Throughout your life, throughout your time, you're going to eat, eat what? dirt so in the beginning in the book of genesis satan is a little serpent but in the end in the book of revelation he turned into a dragon his whole purpose is to keep eating 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 dirt 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 he's eating all your dirt and at the very end there's nothing left but jesus because he done ate all the dirt he done turned into a dragon jesus is left and jesus done crushed his head and it's the beginning and the end and the beginning all over again hallelujah let's be a blessing now glory you go out there and you feed that Satan he needs to grow nice and fat into a nice dragon hallelujah don't get mad at all your people sinning out there they're just feeding them because you've done too anorexic to feed them hallelujah help me Kina help me out here man they're going to kill me I'm out of here hallelujah and this <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> Somehow, oh yeah, I got I to gotta cover my head. I got to be rabbinical in case someone's recording this. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Vihunecha Hisadunai Panavalecha Veasemlecha Veasemlecha Ve'asem lecha Shalom Baruch haba Bashem Adonai Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. <laughs>